Salam and welcome to our podcast, Muslims on Fire. Stories from ordinary Muslims doing extraordinary things. With your host, Maruf. Dear listener, Based on many requests from our listeners, we are launching a Muslims on Fire Academy. It's for those who want to do more than just listening. It's for those who not only want to be inspired, but to be one of the Muslims on Fire as well. It's for those who want to discover their purpose in life, follow their dreams, and live in prosperity. If this is you, join us for a journey of a lifetime. The introduction course is free. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Hey, assalamu alaikum. This is Maruf. Welcome to another episode of Muslims on Fire. Today I have a award-winning Muslim artist who is a friend of mine, Siddiqa Juma from UK. Assalamu alaikum, sister. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Salam, Maruf. How are you? It's, it's a pleasure to have you. Alhamdulillah, I'm fine. Thank How are you. you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, very well. So uh, today is your turn. Are you ready for the <laughs> for the Inshallah, inshallah. Sounds good. So the way it goes, we'll talk about your childhood first. Then we go to find out and follow your steps and how you figure out what's your calling, reason for being. And mm-hmm. I think you have a very beautiful purpose in life. And then... We will discuss what's going on, what you're up to these days. If that's fine, we'll start with the first question. So here it comes. You know, one of the questions we ask our guests is, well, when you look at your childhood, back at childhood, sometimes, you know, we connect with us looking backwards. Do you think any moment or any memory in specific that like contributes towards to the person who you are today? What would it be? I've always enjoyed, like like all children, I suppose, uh, enjoyed painting, drawing, scribbling. But there are certain moments that in a way got me really interested. When I was eight years old, I'm from, I was born in Zanzibar. So I'm from East Africa. It's a beautiful, Um, magical country, Zanzibar. It is. It's (laughs) so beautiful. It really, really is so beautiful. So when I I was eight years old, I did a, a, a drawing, a sketch of an African woman with a basket of fruits balanced on her head. Uh-huh. And I sent it to the local newspaper and they printed it. It was a tiny little picture, but to me that was like winning the Oscars, as, <laughs> as you can as as you can well imagine. Is it was it um, in UK or is it in Zanzibar? No, no, no. Back back it was actually in Dar es Salaam in Dar es East Salaam. Africa. Beautiful. Yeah, in Dar es Salaam. So that to me was really, really special. It was a first but... first proof of concept. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes, it was. Yeah, I suppose you could call it that. But it, it was just kind of a, a child just having fun. And I didn't take it seriously or I mm-hmm. didn't. You know, I was eight. Mm-hmm. So obviously it was just something I was very proud. My my parents were very proud, but we parked it there. Okay. It, that was it. It was oh. just, uh, it wasn't something. Uh, and then we came, we came over to the UK. I was uh, 13. I, I carried on with my, with my schooling. So I didn't uh, really take it any further than that. Can I ask My, one quick question before we just move forward? Look, as you said, like there are many kids, they like drawing. I have daughters, two daughters, they really love 
painting every almost every yeah. day paint but yeah. <laughs> in your case you took it as, as a profession alhamdulillah but i want to ask this this incident you mentioned that look everybody paints like kids but not everybody send, ends up sending to the the magazine or, or newspaper you mentioned what what made you do that I, i'm really not sure i think i was <laughs> just uh, trying my luck i mean you know i happened to have the the address so i thought okay i'll send it there hmm. was, it was like a there was a, a feature in the newspaper hmm. that you know people could send their art and so on so i did i, I didn't uh, yeah so I, i didn't expect it to be but to, to appear or anything but that so i was i was very very pleased it, it was my early recollection of me doing art yeah. but then you know as you grow up you know within within our community you know it's very unfortunate in a way that we don't take creativity we don't encourage creativity or painting or drawing yes. yeah as you ask kids especially from the subcontinent and arab backgrounds and so on uh, you know what do you want to be uh, when you grow up they'll they'll tell you i want to be a doctor or mm -hmm. a or a pharmacist or not many a would lawyer. say artists <laughs> or a lawyer exactly <laughs> exactly all very very worthwhile careers i i'm sure <laughs> but uh, why do you think it's it not is? many why do you think it is uh, i think i think because a generally uh, painting art and so on we 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 don't put too much emphasis or importance to it you know it's it's not easy to make a living mm -hmm. and parents want careers for their children in something that they will make a lot of money in i suppose that could be one reason mm -hmm. the other reason also is i believe that i don't know it's not seen even now if you go to sort of asian subcontinent arab it contemporary art all that you you don't see too much of it mm. this is changing alhamdulillah i see but i i think we still got a way to go yeah so yeah. i think that there are many contributing factors but i think this is certainly a couple that i can i can think of i see so you came to uk you were around mm -hmm. 13 age also you went to school so continue mm -hmm. your story well i went to school i did all the, the the core subjects i you know did the the sciences the maths the english i also did art my parents wanted me so much to be a pharmacist it was <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness for the world that i'm not because i think i'd be lousy at it but i conti i continue to paint I, i and i really wanted to i really enjoyed it there's something quite relaxing isn't it it's it's you know when you're creating something putting it up on the wall it's mm. it's it's lovely so i went to art school you know this is after school right after you finished the high school right? after i finished high school yeah i went to art school but i did graphics mm. uh, a, a career that you can make money in <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was creative but i, I did graphics mm. but i continued i continued to paint and it 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 was a hobby Mm -hmm. It was a hobby, you know. You know, people were always joking us, you know, a housewife with a hobby. That's who I was, you know. I, I was I was painting. But as I and I continued obviously to earn money, I was I was doing graphics. But as you know, Maruf, I I started to also as my children were growing up. I mean, I published books as well, children's books. I don't know whether you do know this, Maruf, but I, I published children's books. I did not know books. this. You did not. No, but I knew so, you had some projects about the kids, but not the yeah. books. Yeah. So I published children's books because when I was when my children were growing up, you know, when I wanted to teach them Arabic alphabet, there wasn't much available in terms of it being aesthetically beautiful, 
something that would interest them. You know, I had a, sh a black and white photocopy sheet of paper with Alif Batasa, you know, mm -hmm. and it was so dry. It was uninteresting. So I went ahead and, and published my first book, my first Arabic alphabet book. What is um, it called? My first Arabic alphabet book. It's a board book. Okay. I'll tell you an interesting story. I did this. I got it printed in my front room. I had 5,000 copies, mm -hmm. loads of boxes, mm -hmm. and it was sitting there. And now I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? <laughs> because <laughs> there was no print-on-demand then, right? Well, th there was no demand. And, you know, I'm lucky the fact that my father was a distributor for books. He was a oh, I bookseller. See. I see. So we sent it to various Islamic bookshops. And they quickly sent it back hmm. and said that, sorry, nobody is going to buy this. It was £3.99, hmm. which is a lot of money compared to what's out there at that point, which were, you know, very, very much less than that. But not of the quality, not of the, you know, the look and feel and so on. I see. And they well, sent it back and I thought, oh, me. my what, God. What year was that? If you don't mind me asking, what year are we talking about? Three ninety nine is not a lot of money, is it? Not now. Uh, Not now okay. We're talking about 1989, a long time ago. Okay, a long time I'm, ago. I'm, I'm getting my age be, be known. You know? <laughs> so oh, long time. so okay. it was late 80s, very early 90s. So like they sent ago, it back many, many years ago, many, many years ago, you know, almost 30 years ago mm -hmm. or so or, or more. But my father being a bookseller kind of, coaxed the booksellers to say, well, you know, please do me a favor, just keep one copy each. Mm -hmm. And Alhamdulillah, by the grace of God, you know, they were selling and people were going back for more, back for more, back for more. So, you know, it proved that actually parents wanted something beautiful for their children, you know, and, and even at that time, you could go to a shop and spend that money mm -hmm. to buy books that were teaching the English alphabet, alphabet mm -hmm. or so on. But it's just that mindset, you know, it's Islamic, so why should we pay a lot of money? Exactly. It should be free or very, It should be free. Cheap. Yeah, free sabilillah or it should be free. Yeah, we call it free sabilillah. Free sabilillah, <laughs> indeed. Indeed, you're right, yes. But alhamdulillah, you know, we sold the 5,000 and I went ahead and published it three times again. That's so we awesome. sold a lot of, yeah. Do you sell this books still? You can, you, no, they're all out of, the biggest problem at that point was distribution and I oh, had I young children so it was a challenge and I you know what what I could earn from was my graphic design work so I was I was doing that but then you know as as the kids were growing up you know I also sitting down watching television with them I also noticed that actually there's nothing that was suitable for my children mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about religious program because to me religion the first thing is akhlaq Mm -hmm. is your manner, your character. moral, your, moral character, your character. Exactly, exactly. So I went to start creating concepts for uh, kids, animation, and so on, which I uh, obviously you know that yeah, I shared with did. you. And exactly. yeah, I went to Cannes uh, TV Festival. Mm -hmm. It was a scary, scary time, Maruf, because <laughs> obviously me in hijab going to Cannes, uh, it yeah. was, but nevertheless, and my, and my first meeting actually was with Disney and they loved it, but unfortunately did not commission it because they, you know, the, uh, the, this is going into other sort of thing about commissioning and, and acquiring. But, you know, but they were they were saying that if you got it made, we, we would definitely show it. But, I you see. know, the challenge always was 
to raise the funds exactly. for actually Muslims in a way. I went and uh, met with various possible uh, investors, mm-hmm. uh, contributors, so on. But it was very much, you know, is this a religious program <laughs> or is it mainstream? In my opinion, it is mainstream religion because mm-hmm. it's teaching universal moral values, exactly. values which is in Quran and mm-hmm. it is in all major religions. It's really, really important. But they could not understand. Maybe it's, you know, they put you in a box. They put you in a box. They put, you put you in a box. But, you know, the thing is, it was the, the conversations was, well, you know, Disney's doing moral stories. And I say, yes, but, you know, if we don't take ownership mm-hmm. and if children cannot identify with the characters, you know, if John is being a good boy, it's always someone who is not me. It's, mm-hmm. it's the other, yeah. right? So I don't take ownership. So anyway, during all this time, I was painting a lot more because you needed to keep sanity. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I was painting a lot more as a hobby. And I was lucky enough that someone came to my house and, and saw the paintings and said that, look, you know, Great Ormond Street Hospital mm. are building a multi-faith room. And why don't you, why don't I just introduce your work there? They might, it might be something that they're interested in. Wow. And so it's interior so design now. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, exactly. No, in, ter- in terms of, you know, the painting to be put into the faith room, oh, multi-faith room. And so she sent a picture over and they loved it. They bought it. And I was over the moon because this was a painting that I did and, and somebody paid real money for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and it was hanging in, uh, you know, it still is, in Great Ormond Street Hospital. So I was oh. very, very pleased. So it was one of the uh, first, like, early, painting really, really, really early. early. Wow, really that's a early great moment. Paint. Amazing. Yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. So for me, it was like, a, it, it really was a wow moment because... Until then, I was, you know, just painting and it was just. Childhood Questions are sponsored by Ali Huda. Ali Huda is a video on demand streaming platform for Muslim children where they can watch cartoons and shows while learning about Islam the fun way. If you are a Muslim parent, this will be one of your best investments. Visit www.alihuda.com for a seven-day free trial. Now back to the show. Stacked against a wall or given it to friends, family, and so on. And I used to uh, contribute paintings to charity organizations to raise mm. money and so on. But uh, That was uh, the first commission? Yeah, it was a first, yeah. And then it, one, one of the charity event that I went to and uh, the, the, the guy was saying, no, you must, you must bring some of your paintings and show. And then, so I did. And uh, a very dear friend, Samir Malik, he's a really world-renowned calligrapher, mm-hmm. Arabic calligrapher artist. And he says, you know, where have you been showing your work? And I said, well, I, I haven't. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, that's, you know, he said to me, well, that's really selfish. And I thought, what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know you. And you're calling me selfish. No, you, you've got great work. And you must show it. And literally, that was, that yeah. was the start. And alhamdulillah. Here's a question for you. Look, for, for some of the guests, we always ask, how did you find your hobby in the, you want what you do? I mean, for you, it was obvious, right? You want to, in art, in design, that's what you did. Even all the arts were against you. I just want to ask a question. Look, do you remember the, when you were eight, you did this first 
recognition, right, on the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. from that point until you sold your first artwork, how long time did it pass? I just want to show this painting off the path to the people to share. Like, I would, I, I would say, oof, long, long time. I'm, I'm, we would, I would say, over thirty. 30 to 40 years, 40 years, I would say. You see, this is a story, right? Like people when yeah, they look between at your... Yeah, between 30 to 40 years, between, you know, that to me selling the first painting. You know, I, I never even thought about this before, Maruf. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a long time. What I'm trying to, you know, share with the, the audience is that what we see is the people who are successful and what we call them success, whatever it is, so, or who didn't make it. But what, what you don't really see is that there are so many people in the transition, like sometimes in your case, like in the 30 years in the making, right? If not yes. more. And that's what people don't see. And I think that's the, one of the purpose of this, the podcast is to share the backstory. Because I think if you understand it correct, if you put our expectations aligned, you know, what to mm. expect and one, and I think more of us become more patient and, yes. and pursue what we really care and love, make a difference instead of just uh, going for what makes the buck, right? A lawyer, yes, another yes. dentist, or another doctor, whatever it is. Exactly. So that's exactly. the lesson we are passing. Beautiful. Go ahead. So you made your first sale. I think, uh, I, yeah. But if I can just go back to what you've just Please. asked. I mean, this is, this is uh, also uh, very apt because a lot of the time when I'm an, in an exhibition or whatever, two questions always without a doubt I get asked what's your inspiration mm -hmm. and how long did it take you to paint mm -hmm. that painting right mm -hmm. and you know the answer is very very uh, revealing because it might not have taken me long to do that particular painting but it was 30 years <laughs> exactly in the making actual, in the making, in the making. So it's a question that is you know because what, what people sort of might be thinking, okay, well, it took you a week and you're charging this much. No, it took me 30 years mm -hmm. to get to where I am. Exactly. So, you know, that patience, that it's very, very uh, true. You must, you must have patience. You must believe in yourself and you must give it time because anything that is worthwhile, you must give it time. Mm -hmm. Sorry, we're going, going no, no, back no. To, to, Go ahead. Uh, to the first painting and so on. So I, I started to paint a lot more and I started to in a way start to believe in myself mm -hmm. a little bit little by little uh, yeah. and little by little by little and start not to be embarrassed to show my work mm -hmm. because you uh, I mean I say that but even today when people sort of oh wow that is really amazing it's there's a little bit of like oh my god this is quite embarrassing because amazing whoa you know <laughs> but so here's my uh, question, Sirika. So, so mm. I mean, you are little by little building your confidence, which is great. So as today, when I look at your like, paintings, one thing is you cannot skip is that you see this theme, right? Islamic drawings, mm. drawings with this, uh, inspired by Islamic icons, right? And ideas yeah. like I've seen yeah. the Mecca and other things. Has it always been like that? Or there, before your drawing was general, then you specified to this towards later in stage. You tend to, you, you know, as, as human beings, we tend to do something that we identify with, mm -hmm. something that is connected to us, mm -hmm. right? For me, it was, this is something that is identifiably me. It doesn't mean that I always wanted to be an Islamic artist. Mm -hmm. It's just something that actually is relevant to me. So I started to paint that, but then I also started to think, I mean, a lot... I think I've produced more paintings about 
the Kaaba than any other artist in the world. <laughs> the <don't> reason <laughs> is, is that the whole idea of pilgrimage has absolutely fascinated me. And it is, you know, it, it's a journey mm-hmm. that we as Muslims yearn to make, mm-hmm. right? It is a place that we are told that we should visit at least once in our lifetime. Yes. Yeah. For me, that was a really scary thing because that journey was not like going on holiday. Mm-hmm. I wanted it for me, it was a journey that should change me, that mm-hmm. should define me. Transform but you. I was not, yeah, transform me, do something for me, do something to me. But I was not ready. Mm. And every time it comes close to Hajj, And I think, oh, gosh, I would love to go. And I sort of think, no, I'm not ready. What if I don't go there and make that change? Hmm. What if it's a waste of my that big moment? Mm -hmm. You know, what if it doesn't it it doesn't do what it's supposed to do? So every year it was like I will next year, inshallah. And then people sort of ask, you know, even within my family, when will you when are you going? When do you think this, this? And I said, I keep saying, well, I'm, I'm doing this one painting at a time. You know how people say I'm taking one step at a time? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was one painting at a time. And I started looking because it was in my head. It was something that was important to me. And yet it was something that I was trying to push to the back of my head mm-hmm. because I, I wanted it to matter. I started to look at the whole pilgrimage in different light. And I started to explore why. Why is it so important? Mm. You know, Allah is everywhere. Yes. Right? Yes. That yeah. is geography. It's just a place. I could pray to Allah anywhere, you know. But I started to look and said, wow, this is so beautiful. Why is it so important to me? And what is it about it? And I started to, to look at the philosophy and what happens there. And I just loved the idea Because we grew up here saying, you know, all this multiculturalism, it's such a positive thing. And then I thought to myself, wow, you go to a place like that and it's multiculturalism at its best. Mm -hmm. Anyone and everyone of any color and any creed and any whatever can be there. And in the eyes of God, we're all equal. And then the whole idea that we leave our stations where we come from. And when we're there, we're all equal you know, standing shoulder to shoulder, rich and poor. And the whole idea started to really, really resonate with me. You wouldn't, and even, then this, you wouldn't even know if someone standing uh, next to you is a rich or poor guy because everyone is the same exactly, cloth. Exactly, the same cloth. You basically leave everything aside and there you're having a personal conversation with your maker. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about it, when you look on the television, this was before I went there because I went to Umrah afterwards. Mm-hmm. But and I'll tell you the story of how that happened. I was looking, you know, you you can see the during Hajj time, you can see the pilgrimage and you can see the life, uh, what's happening there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, wow, look at everyone there is as individual as can be. And they're having a personal conversation with Allah. If you look at it in unison, collectively, in humanity, we're all answering to the same call. And to me, that is so beautiful. And I started to think, how do I put that down on paper or on a canvas? How do I paint what I feel, what I see? The whole little intricate 
differences, not just what I see, but what I feel. Mm -hmm. And how do I do that on a canvas? And it started to, I became almost obsessive about it. It was canvas after canvas after canvas. And then I started to think, you know, there, this house of God, and we're going around and around and around it. And it started making me think that actually the house of God, first and foremost, is within us. So mm -hmm. it resides within all of us. And the journey that we make is around and around. You know, we have our career, we have our children. We're... So it, there was so much kind of similarities between life and Hajj. And so it, that was what my passion was. And I started painting and painting and painting. And Alhamdulillah, it really resonated that was with a lot of people. Put. That was very beautifully put. But, but let me ask you this. So did you start drawing this, the pictures of Kaaba before you even like go there? Because you were so what? Of... So what happened is that my work was noticed, Alhamdulillah, especially now with, with social media and everything. And I was invited to have an exhibition in Jeddah. Oh, I see. Right? I see. So I took my my art. I created a new series called Tawaf. Mm -hmm. Because for me, that was the journey. Mm -hmm. That was the circumambulation that I wanted. And, you know, the Almighty that was listening to me. I kept saying, I'm making this journey one painting at a time. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I went there. I was sponsored to go to Umrah. Mm -hmm. I went there. And Wallahi, it was exactly that that took me to the house of God. And when I went, when I got there, it was whatever I was imagining was what was happening there. I was doing the tawaf, there was a guy and I couldn't but. Psst. If you are an entrepreneur with a product or service for the Muslim market, let's get in touch. We are halal.ad, a marketing agency and ad network for the ever-growing Muslim market. We can help you reach millions of Muslims to grow your business. Visit www.halal.ad for a 30-minute free consultation. Now back to the show. Notice. You couldn't but notice. You wouldn't believe the beauty of this because there was a guy there and he was doing the tawaf. Mm -hmm. And I'm from... East Africa, I've, you know, I've grown up with the Maasai tribe and, and so I identify with them. And there was a guy and he was literally hopping around the Kaaba like an antelope. <laughs> and, seriously. And, I, and there was an old guy and there was an old woman and a child. And I, and, and I thought to myself, this is phenomenal. Everyone is so unique and everyone is having such amazing conversations with their maker. You could see they were in the zone, in their own zone. And then when you listen to the noise of everyone answering all together, it just makes my hair stand on end. And I think, and I don't know whether this is right or it is wrong, whatever, but there I could see paintings. And I was thinking <laughs> I could see, you know, it, it basically, I came back and I did, the second series of Tawaf and the third series, and Alhamdulillah, you know, I continue to paint, but it, it still is absolutely fascinating. The whole idea is fascinating. I mean, your, your story resonates with me on many levels. So one of the things, I guess, is that I haven't done Hajj yet, 
So it, it's just neither have I. No, never. I've no. done uh, Umrah, mm-hmm. but I ha- I haven't done Hajj yet. Wow, then we should so, do it together. <laughs> inshallah, ilahi amin. <laughs> well, we should do it together. So, I mean, what really inspires me about the experience of Hajj is that you remember the story when Allah SWT orders Ibrahim alayhi salam and his son Ismail alayhi salam to build this, the origin of the Kaaba, right? Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. started to build. And one story really stands out to me is that I understand, look, Allah SWT says something happens, right? I mean, there's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. But yes. Imagine, try to put yourself in Ibrahim's shoes, right? It's this middle of desert, there's no one there, and Allah is ordering, okay, just build a house for me, and uh, people will come. But imagine, yes. like, I think this is one of the reasons why Ibrahim was a Halilullah, like the very close friend of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Sallallahu yes. tested him so many times. Even here, I see middle of the desert, so hot, build something, yeah. and people will come. Like, yes. he says, okay, and just, like imagine like uh, the I, I couldn't imagine myself like I would ask like why here there may be why here? exactly yeah. there are yeah. so many other best better places and this I would may have asked I don't know dozens of questions but the Prophet said just okay we're gonna build it and and call the people and I think every time we're going Hajj we are proving that the Prophet Sallallahu I mean the Allah Subhanahu to the Ibrahim he's made the original call right. Yes, call yes. the people for in, for to the God, and we are going and going to our you know for forefather Salam, the father of yeah. prophets, and we are actually answering his call, right? The, yes, the first yes. call, and that's yes. so like poetic, poetic, is. poetic, isn't it? If you think it, it is very, I, I don't know. You're bringing you again. You're building pictures in my head that that <laughs> requires me to <laughs> to put some paint on. Yeah, yeah you should. I, it, it is. It is. <laughs> beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful story and the how beautiful that he unquestioningly did what it's Allah's will and I shall follow it 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 you know maybe we need to take that as really really important lessons mm-hmm. absolutely yeah sounds good so that's been very, very interesting up until now. So we are now, you're doing your second series, third series of Dawah, like Tawaf. And around when, the, when time, when is this? Like, are, when, are we talking about 2000s now? Uh, around when you're doing the, all this? Or is it a bit later? What, what do you mean? Tawaf series? Yeah, Tawaf series. And what... so the Tawaf series so is ongoing. Mm-hmm. It is all about literally circumambulation. Mm-hmm. It is doing, taking it further it's about the journey that we make, not only the spiritual journey, but the journey of life. Because I believe that the waf is also the journey of life. Interestingly enough, one of the paintings uh, that I did that is kind of geometric, it's, the whole thing is very geometric and very mm-hmm. texturous. And you've got the Kaaba in the middle, in black, and then there's outlines of Kaabas all around the painting. And the whole thing about that is that uh, something like this, you know, I was going round and round the Kaaba. And when I met my maker, I realized that Kaaba was going round and round me. So literally, the house of Allah is within us, you know. So all these journeys that we are making, right, it's all our personal circumambulation. It's all our personal tawaf, yeah. And it's, it is up to us to choose which journeys we make. Hmm. You know, the journey of being kind to our brethren, kind to our neighbor, the journey of treating people with in a fair way, doing business in a fair way. These are all journeys. And this to us is all, in my opinion, in my thinking, 
is all our personal tawaf, is all our personal circumambulation. Mm -hmm. So I'm now starting to explore the whole idea of tawaf and bringing it to our personal journeys. And, and one of the things, I, if I may uh, tell you about, is when I was, uh, the first Hajj exhibition that I had was in London, actually. It was in Wembley. And I decided to do, get people to participate in the mm -hmm. painting. And I started something called Make Your Mark. So okay. basically, I did the Kaaba, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, my the painting that I'm most known for, which is the uh, diversity, mm -hmm. where it's got lots of uh, colors. Uh, colors. Yes, yeah. Yes. So I invited people to come and put the, the, the splodges, yeah, the splodges of color mm -hmm. um, to represent themselves within this whole universe that, we, that we're in. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be just for that exhibition, but it grew and it grew and it grew. And now it has had over seven and a half thousand people throughout the world who have put their mark. And it's, it's in Dubai at the moment and it will travel, it will go to America and so on and so forth. But an interesting journey within this painting is I had an exhibition of this in uh, Brent Cross Shopping Centre, which is uh, a, a very well-known shopping centre in uh, in London. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there I was and we were making, people were coming and making their mark and so on. And there was a, a Jewish gentleman mm -hmm. who was just sort of standing by and I said to him, would you like to make your mark. <laughs> and he said, I, can I? And he was then sort of talking to me and said that, look, you know, we're, we're cousins. We are all from the Abrahamic faith. Mm -hmm. and, and it was very beautiful, really, mm -hmm. really, really beautiful. And he even sort of said to me that, you know, I, I wish one day I would have loved to go to visit the Kaaba and mm -hmm. so on. So we were having very, very beautiful conversations, conversations. you know. Yes, and I think this is what art does and should do absolutely and to me that was the more it was so beautiful there was we you know we i'm from the islamic faith he's from the jewish faith and yet we connected mm -hmm. so uh, yeah so this beautiful. this is and i believe art does it and i believe the fact that it was about the kaaba and it was it really the house of god and he was also saying you know the house of god belongs to humanity mm -hmm. and now that painting um, you know, I've had people who are, so many people who are not of the Islamic faith have contributed towards that painting. And Beautiful. to me, that's really close to my heart. Beautiful. So look, I mean, under the painting, I just still, one of the things, you know, one of the things I noticed is that if you're born Muslim or non-Muslim, if you convert to Islam, revert to Islam, whatever they call it, I think at one point in your life, you have to take a decision, conscious decision, right? That's what you want to do. Do you remember that moment with you? In, in like, was it some, because what you do today is like very representative of that, I guess, the moment. I think, or was it like, I understand you, you grew up in a Muslim family, in a community, but yeah. still, there must be a moment you take that, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to take a decision that that's my fate. To, like, I conscious think, decision. I think when, yeah, I think when I started to, I mean, again, it was about touch. I mean, previously to that, because I grew up in the in a Muslim household and, you know, the prayers, the fasting, it was automatic. Mm -hmm. It was something that we do. It, mm -hmm. it just, yeah, everybody did in the house. So you did, you know, do as everyone is doing in the house. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I never thought that I was a Muslim or not a Muslim. It We just did. Our parents told us to. And we just did. It was only uh, literally 
much, much later, you know, when uh, even after art school, that I started to just see the beauty of Islam. Hmm. When I had my children, when I when I look at the beauty of Islam, how, you know, even if you greeting, first of all, salam alaikum, mm-hmm. we're wishing peace. Mm-hmm. It is a religion of peace. It's a religion that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that is when I started, I think it was close to when I, had my children and after mm. I, you know, there are, there are defining moments that exactly. kind of makes you think that, you know, all right, now it matters. Mm-hmm. It needs to matter. And it's at that point that I started to think, right, this is really, really important because I'm going to be teaching my children. And what do I know? Mm-hmm. And what do I feel? Is mm-hmm. it, is it just in rote fashion? Is it just, you know, do it mm-hmm. without, thinking, you know, get up, do your stuff, do your salad, and, and end of the day without actually, in other words, not making it ritualistic, but exactly, making yeah. it spiritual. Making it spiritual. Yeah. Absolutely. So connecting on a spiritual level rather than on a ritualistic level, I must mm-hmm. do it. Otherwise, Allah will punish me. Yeah. Or rather than that, I must do it because I love Allah, mm. not because I am going to be rewarded or punished for it. Just that, because I love Allah, full stop. Absolutely. That's very beautiful. But that's that's a definition of, you know what they say, like you upgrade from just being a Muslim to a <laughs> mu'min, right? The yaqeen in your heart grows, so you begin to love. So love. Inshallah. Inshallah. That's beautiful. Uh, okay. So what are you up to these days? Well, I know you're always busy drawing more, but tell us what you are up to these days. Well, one of the things that has always been something that has been irking me. It's something that is, I was finding it, that we as a Muslim community, as a Muslim ummah, need to do things to help each other grow. Okay? Mm-hmm. In my case, it was about art. Okay? And I know just going from this being a housewife with a hobby to it being a career, it is actually really, really tough to make a living out of being an artist Mm -hmm. and it takes a long time so because i've been on that journey and because i've gone through the hard times i want to be able and i've had conversations with very good friends of mine from dubai culture you know and other people who are basically decision makers within Mm -hmm. this and and always kind of shouted that look the creative Industry need to be part of the halal economy, mm-hmm. of the Islamic economy. You know, it's not only tourism and food and fashion. Mm-hmm. Creativity needs to be part of that. And the powers that be need to put time and effort and money to make sure that this actually happens. So, so okay. So yeah, he, so in he, my case... Go ahead. Do you struggle with deen and dunya balance in your life? Meet Salam.app, a Muslim social network where your ego, nafs, is not in the center. It is a place to feed your soul with daily inspiration, to make new Muslim friends, and connect with Ummah. Visit www.salam.app and download free for your iPhone or Android. No, no, sorry. Tell, tell me. No, that's a very interesting point. Like, actually, later this week, I'm going to talk to uh, Rafi. You know Rafi from the Nurse Standard? Yes. 
uh, and they are the ones who are making these reports. That's a very good suggestion. But uh, for me to bring him on, do you have any like specific suggestions how it might look like? So I can suggest I would, him maybe. I would love, absolutely would love to have these conversations because I think if I may just tell you why what I am doing yes. is in, in very small steps, which I hope to, and I will give it my 100% to make sure that we take it to the next level mm -hmm. and talk to the people who make a difference and make sure that, you know, it has to happen. So in my case, I started something called islamicartprints.com. Mm -hmm. and, and this is to represent artists, independent mm -hmm. artists, artists who are doing this as a skill, who are doing this to further their career, who are putting beautiful works out there to the world, mm -hmm. who are finding it difficult to make it happen. What I'm doing, and I've co-founded this, uh, islamicartprints.com, to bring their art, create museum quality, beautiful quality art prints and canvas prints, and be able to make it accessible to Muslims and non-Muslims, to the world out there, mm -hmm. so that their name, so that they were, can be visible. The mm -hmm. biggest problem we have, Maruf, is that we are not visible. Islamic art is not visible. Islamic art is seen as if it's a niche, it's a bit of an oddity, mm -hmm. it's beautiful, but where can I find it? Mm -hmm. There's not a single place where mm -hmm. you can find collectively. So what I've done, is I have made it my mission. And I've been working on this now for a couple of years. And it's certainly in the last year, it has been a labor of love. And now, alhamdulillah, we've launched just last week. Mm -hmm. I urge whoever is listening to this is to support this. By supporting this, you're supporting independent artists. Absolutely. And this is so, so important. So what we've done is we've made sure that we've got super, super quality, museum quality art that is affordable. Mm -hmm. That will bring an income stream to artists. That will bring beautiful artwork to your home and offices. And that will at least make sure that Muslim artists can grow and not just be seen as, you know, here and there. Mm -hmm. And another thing is it's also beautiful, one of the most beautiful forms of dawah. Right, because it is as, as it humans, is. we're always drawn to beauty. That's in our nature yeah. and fitra, right? When we yeah, see something beautiful, I mean, it takes down our barriers. Because when you when you begin to talk, to people, hey, do you know? Do you believe in God and this and that? I mean, the, what they do is that they put their guards up and say, "What are you trying to sell me? You know, what are you trying exactly. to do?" But instead, this is show... very unconfrontational. Exactly. Art is very it's very calm. It's soft. Mm -hmm. it, it it comes from a place of beauty it comes from within the heart mm -hmm. you know people who look at art can you know they see with their heart not only with their eyes exactly. they see it from you know not from the eyesight but from the insight mm -hmm. you understand what i'm trying to say so it, so it just makes <laughs> <Yes>. you <laughs> you know it just may i think it is it needs to be out there I get you and i will do my best to support you but i also urge listeners and to check it out your store and to the platform i think from why i see I, I already see it before we talk and i really love that and you guys are doing an amazing job and i think what the, one of the smart part was that instead of just doing on your own thing which you have been doing for a long time you are trying to harness the power of 
community. And that's why I guess you're trying to create a platform inviting other artists as well so to represent the Islamic art and design. It in is. One place. It's that's very, the, that's exactly. It is the first time that uh, there is a place where you will find Islamic art, mm-hmm. beautiful Islamic art, all in one place. But if I also may tell you one thing, sure, is that apart from the established artists who are creating amazing work, what we want to do is also harness and nourish and help and and, and support artists who are thinking of coming on board, who are thinking of coming on this lovely journey that is uh, is Islamic art. Mm-hmm. And so what we have created is Islamic, so it's the IAP Academy, where we will put artists whose work might need a little bit of help. And we've got wonderful artists who will nurture and mentor these artists who are maybe at college, maybe at university, maybe have just started, but please do not feel disheartened that, oh, I am not on IAP.com, mm. on IslamicArtPrints.com, because what we will do is we will create a platform, we will have your work out there so that you are encouraged, so that one day you will be able to come on islamicartprints.com. And we will do everything we can, myself as an artist and my artist friend, what we will do is we'll make sure that we support you so that you do continue with this journey, so that you do not feel that you're alone, just scribbling away or whatever, that we will be there for you and we will support you. I see. I mean, when I actually, uh, before talking to our guests, usually I post on social media if someone has questions. And when I did yours, there was this one friend, I think there was a LinkedIn connection. He asked this question. He was asking, what, what's your advice for young artists? He, he was saying, my daughter, middle school, loves drawing. She started on a paper and pen, but lately spends yeah. a lot of time on powering a phone, drawing enemies. We as parents yeah. with no knowledge and background in art have no idea how to lead her. What would you suggest? How can we help our daughter? That's what you're asking. What would you suggest in this case? I would suggest, I mean, this person sounds amazing mm. because this person has taken the time to try and find out how they can support the daughter, yeah, how he absolutely. can support the daughter. And that is wonderful. My personal advice is draw and paint every day, mm-hmm. every single day, because you guess what? If you do it again and again and again, you are going to be an expert at it. There is no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. So if you do it every day, you will be amazing at it. Do something that you love. Paint Mm -hmm. subjects and draw some subjects that you love. And, you know, show it to your friends and to your family and family and friends out there. You know, show the appreciation of the art. When that child feels that, you know, they're so proud of it. They're so proud of their work and the parents are so proud of it and their friends are so proud of it. You can't but get better at it. I see. Thank you very so much for that. What we do need to do is as parents, we need to support. And as children, they need to know that we will. And I cannot know what these words are, but I would call them powers that be. Need to put into place and need to put money and advice and expertise to be able for these people to know that in the future there is a career for them worth doing. Because at the moment, it doesn't look like that because we are not putting enough effort into this. And we do need to. We have to. Mm -hmm. I see. 
Thank you very much. So I think one thing we, I mean, so we don't want this episode to be very long. So one, so we're coming to end. But I just one thing we didn't really go into detail is that, as you mentioned, one of the core challenges for any artist is how to uh, convert their passion of work into a sustainable income, and you know, so they can live, you know, in prosperity. And for that purpose, we are, inshallah, we have plans to introduce academy. We we want to you know, help people to find their, you know, purpose in life and try yeah. to pursue that passion. At the same time, we want to teach them like core business knowledge. It's not yes. like a university, but this is the street knowledge, like what really works. Like I would say very minified version of MBA where you understand what what, what is business, you know, what is yeah. marketing, what is finance and this and that. We'd like to make this serious, but I think since you have this unique kind of insight into art you know what i would like to do is with you is maybe we can do another episode or maybe we can come on a very very like one or like some kind of short video where you can maybe walk people like yourself or what like i mean free spirit like artists designers who are trying to you know like monetize their work maybe we can do yeah. a small uh, kind of video there to help them if you don't mind at a later stage would that be okay with you absolutely that that would be great that sounds and it's good. it's very much needed. Absolutely, sounds good. Having said that, would you like to mention is uh, like for example your website or Instagram, anything else as a last note for listeners to you know follow up and follow you or find you online? Yes, of course. My name is Sidika Juma, so you can check out my website, which is www. Juma s i w d i q a j u m a. and please go ahead and support www.islamicartprints.com. Sounds good. I thank you for being here, sharing your vision and work and insightful ideas, especially I learned so much about uh, Hajj again. And it just, you know, reminds me again, I really need to make this up as a priority. I'm inshallah planning Either this year or the next year, I will see. Maybe make dua for us, and I will make dua for you. Inshallah. Maybe, 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 maybe Inshallah. we end up going. Well, to, I don't know. We will did see. We, did we not say that we'll do this journey together? <laughs> yes, Inshallah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Inshallah. And we should do it now. We should. It's just you know, time is passing. We have to do that. Inshallah. Thank you very much. Until we Thank see you, you next time. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Dear listener. Based on many requests from our listeners, we are launching a Muslims on Fire Academy. It's for those who want to do more than just listening. It's for those who not only want to be inspired, but to be one of the Muslims on Fire as well. It's for those who want to discover their purpose in life, follow their dreams, and live in prosperity. If this is you, join us for a journey of a lifetime. The introduction course is free. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. For show notes and questions for episodes, please visit www.muslimsonfire.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like our show, please rate, share with friends, and leave a review. With your help, it will enable us to reach more people and change their lives for the better. Stay tuned. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum. <laughs>